1 Peter 4, verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Welcome to Debbie DeVries Ministry Podcast. Now, each week, I systematically walk you through a portion of Scripture in order to help give a greater understanding of the undeniable presence and faithfulness of God. Now, the end of all things is near, it says in the very beginning part of that uh, verse. And this particular statement has been taken to mean a few different things. So um, scholars have varying opinions on it. It could have either meant the destruction of Jerusalem. Um, Some think think it means the rapture. Uh, Some think it means the return of Christ to reign. And some believe that it's the destruction of heavens, the destruction of the heavens and the earth at the end of the millennium. Um, So like I said, scholars have varying thoughts on what this means. Uh, Interesting to note that Peter, like the other apostles, believed that the return of Jesus was imminent. It could happen at at any moment, in other words. Now, interesting to note that times really have not changed, have they? Um, I hear people saying it all the time today as well. And so to charge Peter with false prophecy uh, for saying 1900 years ago that the end is near, in my opinion, would be to judge him unfairly. You see, because Peter, the people of Peter's day and the other apostles are just like us. And We have to live in the constant expectation of Jesus's sudden return. And here's the thing. It could happen today. It could, or it could happen tomorrow, or it could happen 1900 years from now. The thing is, is Jesus return is imminent. When? No one knows but God. And do not let anyone, anyone tell you differently. In Matthew 24, verse 36, Jesus says in regards to the end times, about the day or the hour, no one, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. But he is returning. And this very fact should make a practical difference in the way we live. Now, Peter is telling his readers then and now, remain clear-headed, work on sound judgment and self-control primarily so that we can pray. Now, the statement illustrates the importance of prayer. I'm going to suggest that prayer is the most noble and necessary ministry that God has entrusted you and I with. But I also suspect that it's unfortunately the most neglected one as well. And what is your first go-to? Is it prayer? Or is it something or someone else other than God? Is prayer your first line of defense? Your first place of praise? Is it your first place to go in times of need? The place you begin your day, the place that you end your day, where, where's prayer in your life? Now, it's interesting in the, the NIV, there are approximately 300 times that the word pray or prayer is used in regards to talking to God. Now, with so many references made, I'm thinking that it's really something that we have to take seriously. Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane may have impressed this truth upon Peter. Jesus prayed when he was troubled. Jesus prayed for direction, for help, for God's will to be done. Luke 22, verse 42, um, and this is just before he was arrested. Jesus prays, Father, if you are willing, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. 
Jesus prayed when the end of his life was near. He even prayed for his enemies. It's amazing. Luke 23, verse 34, Father, he's on the cross. They are about to divide his clothes. And he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Prayer is Jesus' go-to, even in the worst of times. Prayer is the act of seeking clearer vision from God, if you will. If you will, it is only through clear communication with headquarters that a soldier can effectively stand ground. And that statement really actually hits me and I understand it. It is only through clear communication with headquarters, with God, that a soldier, you and I, can effectively stand ground on earth here. Prayer is important. Is it important to you? Is it important to me? Now, throughout the Bible, powerful prayers are recorded. Let me just start with a woman named Anna. Now, who's Anna? Do you even know of a woman named Anna? Well, let me tell you. The Bible says to pray at all times and without ceasing. This often uh, becomes a challenge in the mundane realities of life. Now, perhaps no one knew this better than a prophetess named Anna. And you know what? We find her in Luke 2. I didn't even know she was there, but she's in Luke 2. She spent the majority of her life as a widow. She had been married for seven years, and then she lived until she was 84. And God led her to pray for the coming of the Messiah. But after decades of waiting and praying, he still had not arrived. But Anna, Anna, she continued to pray for the Messiah and for others. We are told that Anna dedicated her life to worshiping God, fasting, and praying. So we can infer that the more she prayed, the more she learned about God and his plans. Now, Jesus as a child was brought to the temple by his parents, Mary and Joseph. And there was a man, and you're probably familiar with this man, there was a man named Simeon who was led by the Holy Spirit. Well, he saw Jesus and he knew who he was. But guess what? Guess who else did? Anna did. She saw the child Jesus and he, she knew exactly who he was. She knew that the person that she had been praying for, had arrived, answered prayer. Consistent prayer, my friends. Will you do the same? Are you willing to listen to the call of God and to pray as he directs you to pray, no matter how long it takes for it to be answered? And then there's Hannah. I love Hannah. Now, at times, Christian women can be tempted to believe that the message that they must be perpetually happy for others to respect them or for God to hear them. Sometimes that's what they think. But you see, the thing is, is that Bible examples indicate otherwise. 1 Samuel tells us Hannah longed for a child and she wept bitterly while praying for one. Now, though, though others chastised her, God did not. God welcomed honesty in prayer. After all, he already knows you, and he knows her, and he knows me, and he knows us to the core, and he understands our heart. You see, Hebrew 4 tells us that we can come boldly to the throne room and count on him to comfort and guide us. God responded to Hannah's cry for a son. 
Hannah's gut-wrenching plea. It was turned into a heartfelt prayer of thanksgiving. She says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. God brought blessing out of brokenness, and it started with a mom on her knees. Hannah went to God in her hour of desperation. Where do you go in your hour of desperation? Where do you turn? Do you tell your troubles to anyone who will listen? Or... Would you consider following the example of Hannah and fall on your knees and seek the throne of grace boldly? And then there's Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary faced, um, was faced with an impossible miracle, one that was not only difficult to believe, but one that could reflect poorly on her and her society, despite the glorious truth of it. Now, rather than rejecting God's gift of his son or worrying about what others, including her soon-to-be husband Joseph, would think, Mary prayed and she rejoiced. She rejoiced. 1 Luke, or sorry, Luke 1, verse 46 to 49, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For for behold, uh, sorry, For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done a great thing for me, and holy is his name. You see, her faith and deep relationship with God is a reminder to trust in his calling. Let me say that again. Her faith and deep relationship with God is a reminder to trust in his calling even when the circumstances don't make sense. Now, then there's Esther. Esther. Esther was called to go before her husband, the king of um, the king, and um, she was called to go uninvited to try to save the Jewish people from a genocide. Now, unbeknownst to her husband, she was one of the people he had condemned to death, and appearing before him to plead for her case meant that she could have been executed immediately with with um, appearing without an invitation. So what we read here is that Mordecai was told, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young woman will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Esther recognized that she needed others to pray for her. Fasting is always, always associated with prayer in the Old Testament. Before Esther undertook the work that God had for her, she asked for the entire city, the Jewish people, to fast and pray for her for three days. May we, like Esther, recognize the need that will recognize that we need the strength that comes from the prayers of others to do the work that God has called us to do. Are you willing to go to others and ask them to pray for you? Hagar. Hagar was dealt a rough hand in life. She was a slave and she had little to say in where her life was going. And she obediently bore a child for Abraham 
But when his wife Sarah had her own child, she ordered that Hagar and her young son be sent away to fend for themselves. And Abraham, well, he did send her away with some water and some food. And and we read that when the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him, a good, good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite to him, she lifted up her voice and she wept. And God heard. He heard. Hagar's prayer was simply a prayer of desperate tears. That's what it was. She was beaten down and without hope. But even in her lost heart, God heard her cries and the cries of her son. And against all odds, God provided a way for her and her son to survive and make and, and made her offspring into an enduring nation. Even without words, she still managed to lift her broken voice to the Lord in despair. May we, like Hagar, Lift our voice, even when our pain is too deep for words. 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Now, many women have gone before us, and some of their stories are recorded in the Bible in order to encourage us. And you think, the thing is, is that God doesn't change. These women went to God. They kneeled before, before him, and he heard them. And Jesus himself shows us what to do. He shows us where to go and who to trust. Are you discouraged? Are you discouraged? Then go to God. Are you afraid? Well, then lean on God. Are you thankful? Well, then praise God. Are you broken, torn down, helpless, or feeling hopeless? Well, then reread these stories, my friends. Reread these stories of these women and also look back at Jesus' earthly life and follow their examples. The examples, make sure that you get this, the examples that God made sure, He made sure that He left them for us to read. He is faithful. He is present. He is merciful. He is loving. He builds up those who are torn down and he heals those who are broken in his time and in his perfect way. He is hope in the midst of hopelessness. He is. He is our go-to, my friends. So boldly bow before the throne of God and have faith and pray without ceasing and never, ever, ever give up because he who is faithful hears you. He hears you. Amen. I'm so glad that you were able to join me on today's podcast. You can learn more about me and my ministry at debbiedevriesministry.ca. It's my desire that through this podcast, you are drawn into a deeper relationship and a clearer understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, as we spend the time to get to know God the Father and Jesus our Savior as revealed through the Bible. I would love to connect with you. My social media links and email address can be found on my website. Let me know if anything I've said on the podcast has made a difference in your life. Leave me a review or shoot me a a personal email. But until we meet again, 
Keep reading, keep reading on, and grow in your relationship and your love with God the Father, Jesus, His Son, our Savior, through the Holy Spirit. Amen.